This podcast is part of the No Phony Podcast Network, the home of independent awesomeness. This podcast is powered by our excitement for Wizard World, this weekend, October 18th through 20th in Columbus, Ohio. Was the 1980s the best decade for cartoons? Grab your bowl of cereal, sit as close to the television as your mother will let you, and let's find out. Once again, it's time for the Idiots. An objective defense of the 80s. From a couple of idiots. Welcome back to another episode of The Idiots, an objective defense of 1980s pop culture from a couple of idiots. My name is Will, and joining me, as always, is my friend and co-host, Ray. How you doing? Good. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. You know, I caught one of our early episodes earlier today because I was looking for something, and I realized how different we sounded back then. And me, me more than anything, probably, how subdued I was. You, you, you know? swing wildly, though. Is it? Oh. One minute you're calm, oh. <laughs> and the next minute you are screaming over a crowd. Oh, that's what my wife says. <laughs> now, I don't know. Should we talk about how controversial our punk rock episode wound up being? I don't think it's that controversial, but... Well, no, it's because you're... It's your... <laughs> it's my opinion. It's your opinions. <laughs> but apparently your, your opinions, yeah. you know... Uh, what do they call that word? Triggered. Triggered. That's the word we use now, right? In the, in the 2010s. Well, I guess, yeah, that's what you would call it now. Triggered some people. I just call it making people angry. Yeah. But in a good way. Look, I know very little about punk rock. You know that. Yes. I don't know that any opinion I could have about hip-hop would be controversial. But maybe you didn't think what you were saying was controversial either. I knew exactly what I was saying. <laughs> you were trying to trigger people. I was not. I was trying to be honest. Oh. Because I think it would have been very unpunk and insincere yeah. to say that I like the band just because they're popular and the status quo is to do that. So I don't want to say something that's not true. Of course. Yeah. E- even if it makes people angry. Yes. It, you know, that's what I love about you. That's why you make a great co-host too. Mm-hmm. And friend. A little bit later, we'll be speaking with prolific voice actor Yuri Lowenthal about whether or not the 1980s was the best decade for cartoons. But for the moment, let's catch up on 80s news. As usual, we've got some 80s news happening all the time. And here we go. Here's this week's just fresh, hot off the presses. Most of these stories are hot off the presses. They're a little stale, but they're (laughs) relevant to today. And you'll understand why. So as you know, because we talked about this already, the Cobra Kai show that we love has been turned into a comic book by IDW, and the first uh, comic book for for Cobra Kai is coming out this October, this month. Uh, You can already get it digitally online, um, but the the print copy uh, will be available shortly as well. The first one is Johnny's Story, which says, uh, and it's summarized as, see the Karate Kid in a whole new light with this retelling through the eyes of Johnny Lawrence. It's going to go back to the Karate Kid and the beach scenes, and you're going to see like what he saw before he went down there to talk to her. And then that kid started a fight with him, and then he had to break the radio because he was so upset. You're being serious, right? I'm actually, yes. This is what I've heard it's going to be. That's awesome. But it reminds me of that uh, J. Matthew Turner summary video. Uh, Wasn't it J. Matthew Turner uh, who made that video? Uh, And if it's not, I'll edit it out. I'll edit a different (laughs) name, man shows how the Karate Kid may have been the villain. Yeah, it's exactly that. Yeah, or, 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 or which is Daniel. What, which everybody's been talking about this for years. Yeah. 
who's the real villain? And that video, you watch that video, you're like, wow, I never thought about it that way. You know, they show how, for example, if you remember when he, he instigates the, the fight at the Halloween dance by, um, you know, putting the hose over, over Johnny when Johnny's yep. in the bathroom. And then he runs out into the street with his shower costume on. Car crashes into another car and he flees. And uh, J. Matthew Turner points out that he may now have caused a vehicular homicide and, and fled the scene. Yeah. I-, I may just check this out because I'm such a fan of the show. And I do like comic books, too. So, no? Mm. <laughs> Meh. Uh, Meh. This, the next thing I wanted to talk about is related to our overall topic today, which you know, we'll be talking about cartoons from our childhood. But the story itself is a, it starts back in 2018 uh, with a update, let's say, a recent update. So, so the story goes that um, there was a rumor in 2018, and I'll take you back to that moment. At that moment in 2018, they were reflecting on the fact that Michael Bay was working on a Netflix movie titled Six Underground, which starring, which was to star Ryan Reynolds and Dave Franco and a bunch of other people. But the rumor was that Six Underground, that title, was actually just a cover-up for a secret live-action Thundercats movie. With Ryan Reynolds and James Franco? Doesn't that sound awesome? That does sound awesome. Okay, cut to now. That's <laughs> 2019, a year later. Turns out that's absolutely bogus rumor. We now have a trailer for the movie Six Underground, and it's not a Thundercats movie. It looks like a typical Michael Bay, cars driving through buildings type film. That's a huge disappointment. Yeah. It might be good, but it's not Thundercats. It's not the Thundercats. And that's what everyone's going to be screaming at the theater. (laughs) Not the Thundercats! Ho! (laughs) They'll be using ho in a different way. Ho! Okay, so now that I've yeah. bummed you out, let me cheer you up okay. with some more recent news. I take you back just a couple of months to San Diego Comic-Con of this year, when the Russo brothers, you know, Joe and Anthony Russo, who directed many of the Marvel films, including the most recent Infinity War saga, announced that they acquired the rights to Battle of the Planets, and they plan to do a live-action version of that. Do you remember that show? I don't remember that what? show at all. Oh, no. You know, I wonder if you had it here. Maybe you didn't have I it here. I don't think we had it here. I think we had Foghorn Leghorn instead. Oh. <laughs> Cartoons from the 1940s. Yeah. Well, on the East, in the East Coast, we got a bunch of different uh, anime cartoons that were, you know, adapted for America. We didn't know that at the time. Hmm. Um, but Battle of the Planets was one of them. And, oh, my God, it's so awesome. It's these five orphan kids who are... I'm going to get this story wrong. People are going to complain. Just much, much like your punk rock. <laughs> who cares? It's be controversial. Um, but these five orphan kids who are, you know, raised to be, you know, super fighters, basically, and fight, you know, these uh, uh, big bads. But the most, one of the things that st- stuck with me now, and, uh, and then I'm going to re- recall for you here, is that they each had their own unique vehicles, Right. But when they had a fight, they all drove back into the ship they had, and they would become different parts of the ship, and then the ship would be one. It wasn't like a giant robot or anything, but it was that current kind of early idea where you could have a vehicles coming out of other vehicles and then becoming another vehicle. I'm going to have to check it out. Oh, you do. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to go on a, a quest for that one. It's wonderful. Now, when you do it, though, I, I wonder if when you go to find it, you, you're looking for the Western version, or you could know, because... The one they saw showed in Japan when it first was created is very different than the one we got in the late 70s. But hmm. so we could talk about that in a bit, I guess, when we talk about cartoons, like as in right now, maybe? In any case, we don't have a timeline for when this movie comes out. But I think hmm. if you, for folks who are a fan of the cartoon from the 80s, late 70s, 80s, um, it's huge news. And I think it's the kind of story that you, you'll, you'll like when you actually get into it. 
Yeah, I'm going to check that out, and then I'm going to do an update on another episode. I'll have to make a note of that. Yeah, put that in the notes. So is that long enough to be 80s news? That is 80s news. Dun, 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 dun. Act. You know what? People are going to just think you're doing it live. Yeah, I could do it live every time. Yeah, I should have just stuck with that. That was my original plan. <laughs> oh, boy. Okay, so this so a little bit later we're going to be speaking with, as I mentioned, a wonderfully talented and prolific voice actor, Yuri Lowenthal, who's done a number of voices. Uh, if you've heard anything, if you've listened to television, movies, uh, video games, you've heard Yuri. You don't know it. Maybe you don't know it. Your kids probably don't know it. But in your family, you've heard Yuri in a number of different properties. Anyway, so he's ideal to talk about 80s cartoons. But we're going to do that later. For now, mm-hmm. let's us talk about 80s cartoons because they're just, I don't know, it's one of the things that stands out to me uh, memory-wise from the 1980s is watching cartoons. One thing I wanted to point out first was, and this is this hasn't been so obvious to me except when I'm thinking about cartoons, is the fact that many of the things that many of the things we love from the 80s were created, born, released, published in the 1980s. Yes. You know, the mu- music, movies, etc. But some of the things that we love and grew up with came from other generations. Because in the 80s, we had this cool thing called syndication. Oh, is that it? Yes, where as part of our 80s pop culture, we were able to appropriate things from the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Which technically makes it the 80s because syndication became super cool in the 80s. Yeah. So like Scooby-Doo. Yeah, right. That's like a huge one for Saturday morning. Right, yeah. And so many. It, it, you know, it didn't occur to me until so, I was starting to research, well, what cartoons... First I, did, first, I wrote down a list based on my memory. Like, what did I love? Yes, that's what I did too. And then I thought, well, what am I forgetting? So I just looked up some different uh, schedules, etc. But what struck me immediately was that a good portion of the cartoons that I loved growing up were from prior generations. So you're right, Scooby-Doo really started in the late 60s. Uh, yeah, they, Super Friends in the 70s. Right. And, and there's some that were from the 30s, like Looney Tunes. You couldn't yeah. get away from Bugs Bunny. I love Popeye. And even though they redid it in the 80s, that's a cartoon that started in the 1930s. What else? Flintstones, Tom and Jerry. Yeah, Fat Albert. Yeah. So, um, Hong Kong Fooey. Yeah. Was that a 70s one? That is a 70s oh, I one. I love that one. But I think we, we can safely say if we enjoyed them in the, in the 80s, um, whether they were, you know, a, 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 I guess a franchise that began in a different generation or started late in the 70s and bled over to the 80s, we, we can consider it part of our 80s pop culture. Do, do you agree? Or? Oh, I completely agree. Because if something's good, it's good. Yeah. And it always goes better with a big bowl of cereal. Oh, gosh. Yes. <laughs> now, you know, I know we're talking about cartoons and, and that sort of thing, but you're right. You certainly eat cereal when you're eating, watching cartoons. I also ate cereal any meal I could get away with it. Well, yeah, but on Saturday morning, you woke up early yeah. because they didn't have a billion cartoon channels. If you woke up late and you missed cartoons, that was it. You didn't see cartoons on Saturday. Right. You were just like, ah, no super friends. Right. <laughs> if you woke, you're right. I got to eat my cereal <laughs> and watch the afternoon movie. Yes, that's what I was going to say, yeah. Which could be a good movie. Maybe you're talking about, you know, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla or something. But you might be talking about something else yeah, that you're it, not interested yeah. in. I don't know what that would be. Or you end up eating with Captain Kangaroo or one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. Or some program that you're just too old for now at this point. Yeah. So just for fun, and maybe to jog your memory, I came across this list of Saturday morning Uh, cartoon lineups for the entire decade of the 80s. And of course, it evolved from year to year, you know. So I just picked a year at random. Uh, This is 1983. So I'm going to give this to you here. 
and they broke it up by season, uh, the spring of 83, and then there's a fall of 83. But I thought it might be fun to go through this and say, okay. Because when you're a kid, like you pointed out, you had three channels, mm-hmm. ABC, CBS, NBC. And so you had to make these decisions. And they were tough back then. Yeah, so here you go. Here's, here's the spring. Right. Let's see. Let me have this list because here. Let's look at the spring of 83. All and, right. And we'll put, this, uh, we'll put the list on online so people can see what we were wrestling with here. Um, but we've got the three channels from the hours of 8 till noon, because as Ray pointed out, the closer you got to noon, the fewer cartoons, and that's yep. it. That was the cutoff, and your parents could have the television back. Yeah, they took the TV, and you were just outside for the day. Yeah. Yeah, and in the summer, it was fine. In the winter. So, looking at this, at the, at, at the 8 o'clock hour, I definitely would have been on Super Friends. Yeah, me too. So you, God, I, That's not debatable. I love Popeye, and, and Fli- Popeye and Flintstone were the other, yeah, other choices, well, but yeah. Super Friends, hands yeah, down. Hands down. Then 8.30, probably looking at uh, the Pac-Man, Little Rascals, Richie Rich. Yeah, me too. Now, I don't remember what these other ones were. Pandemonium, Shirt Tales sounds vaguely familiar. But then you start to get into trouble yep. because you're, you're wanting to watch the Smurfs. Yep. But then you know Scooby and Scrappy are coming on eventually. Yeah. And Oops. I also liked Pac-Man, which, and I loved Bugs Bunny too, but I did like Pac-Man, which I think the cartoon started in 82, shortly after the, the video game was so huge. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at, uh, ooh, that's a tough one there. Is it the Dukes versus Scooby-Doo? No, nah, Scooby Scrappy goes all the way to 11 for me. Okay, yeah. But then the Bugs Bunny versus Incredible Hulk Spider-Man, that's a tough one. That's a, that's a toss-up for me. Yeah, no, me, I always went with Incredible Hulk and Spider-Man, which was tough because I loved Bugs Bunny. But I think, I recall Bugs Bunny being on so many times, so many different days, different times where you could kind of catch that. Um, many of the times it was the older cartoons. Um, yeah, but they're so good. Yeah. How many lumps do you want with that? Come on. <laughs> yeah. So there's some other cartoons on here in the fall that I was wondering if you remember. The fall. Let's take a look at the fall here. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons. There you go. There's nothing on this list that compares to that. So you, if you had to pick between Pac-Man, Dungeons and Dragons, and Smurfs, which you had to make that choice in 83. Uh, definitely Dungeons fall. and Dragons. Yeah, no problem. There's no problem there. But do you know the two big uh, voices on that show? On Dungeons and Dragons. I yeah. can think of one, which was uh, Donnie uh, Most. Yeah, Ralph Mouth. Ralph Mouth from Happy Days. And, oh, 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 Hank. Will, I remember. Willie Ames. Yes, Willie Ames, who, for everyone who knows who he is, is from Charles in Charge in right. the 80s. Yeah, and... Um, he was on a different show back in the 70s, but a little show called Eight is Enough. Yeah. And he was in some movies, too, in the 80s, I, I, I believe. Um, but yeah, I had forgotten that. Yeah. Yeah. So they... they they threw the budget out and just said, we need these guys. Yeah. Big stars. Yeah. And if you're unfamiliar with who they are, then <laughs> you probably didn't grow up in the 80s. Yeah. Why are you... But welcome. I always say... I, I yeah. always start to get confrontational with those people. You always start to get to, mad, but... We want you here. We have to help them, guide them through life. So do you remember... On, so on this block here in, in the fall of 1983, was this at 8.30 in the morning till 9.30 what, on uh, CBS was a block of cartoons called Saturday Supercade. Do you remember Saturday Supercade? Um, could that possibly have been a part of, like, Wacky Races? No. Because we had Wacky Races here. Yeah, no. So Wacky Races was the... Uh, the Muttley. Hanna-Barbera Hanna cartoons competing yeah. against one another. Right, right, Dick Dastardly, yeah. oh, Muttley. Love those. Yes. Yeah, we had that on Saturday mornings. We had that, too, at some point, and I'd have to re- look at that uh, schedule to see. You know, the... Um, Saturday Supercade, and I'm going to pause to see if I can play the right thing. Well, Saturday Supercade, gather up, we'll get your video friends together. I'll tell you right now, if I still had a band, I would cover that. <laughs> that was amazing. 
<laughs> that that four seconds or whatever. I'm I'm hooked you know. now. Now I got to go watch that too. Well, you know, it was a block of cartoons, kind of like what you're talking about with the the Hanna Barbera cartoons, but it was based on video games, which again huge in '83. But it was a mix of Donkey Kong, Cubert, Pitfall, with these different characters, and they each had their own segments. You know, they were probably all like half of a episode, you know, fifteen minute segments or whatever that would be, and then they were rotated indifferently. Anyway, that was for me. That was. Uh, one that I went to on uh, in the fall of 83. That was my 8.30 hour block before Dungeons and Dragons came on. Hmm, I don't remember that one. I must have been <laughs> watching the Little Rascals. No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little Rascals cartoon. Yeah. I guess that was right. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then you remind me again. So in this combination of stuff that we love from the 80s that came from a different generation, another block of uh, of comics, because we, we of cartoons... One of the cool things, like you mentioned about the uh, Hanna-Barbera, um, what was it, the Laugh Olympics? Oh, um, yeah, yeah. The, uh... Was how they had these crossovers of different characters. So you'd have, um, I don't know. Huckleberry uh, dog. Yeah, hu- yeah Huckleberry hound versus uh, whatever, Dick Dastardly or whatever. Yeah. Um, so one of the ones that I loved was the Space Stars one, where you had Space Ghosts. Oh, Space Ghosts, yeah. Herculoids. Um, I think Birdman was part of that. Do you remember how uh, Space Ghost would do the little things in between the shows and that little mantis thing would show up? Do you remember this? I remember that only from Cartoon Network when they made it into like a, I don't know, sort of a parody of itself. I swear um, that I remember that from <laughs> You remember that kid. it's real? Yeah. I don't know if that's real or not. Really? It was on the Cartoon Network they did that. I don't watch the Cartoon Network. Yeah. It was Adult Swim like years ago. It was great what they did. They took those old cartoons and changed what they were saying. Yeah. Um, and made them into different things, and it was pretty. It was pretty hilarious, actually. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe they also really did that because a lot of what they did for that was use real footage. So yeah, well, that could be the case. I just, um, you know, like we were kids, and that's a long time ago. So yeah, and those are shows again that began in the '60s, but then you know they redid it in the '80s. I think some in some instances they edited them, and in some instances they 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 uh, remade uh, new episodes too. So what kind of cartoons? What drew I guess drew your attention the most? Is there a sort of running theme to the different things you were attracted to well i loved super friends because obviously superheroes are cool yeah and uh ted knight's voice mm-hmm. meanwhile you know he would do that whole meanwhile mm-hmm. back at the justice hall i think i have that here too in the great hall of the justice league there are assembled the world's four greatest heroes Created from the cosmic legends of the universe. Isn't it really hard not to think of Caddyshack when you hear that it, voice, yes, though? Yes, it is. <laughs> Him yelling at uh, Chevy Chase or something. It is, but uh, yeah. it's still classic. Yeah, and that show, there were so many different incarnations. Again, something I don't think I remember from my childhood, except as an adult, you know, looking back on those shows, there was a, a number of different incarnations of Super Friends, different mm-hmm. configurations of the yeah. heroes, uh, some of them were older, some of them were new things they made. Ted Knight wasn't always the announcer, then we had somebody else. You know, we had, remember we had the, uh, we had the Wonder Twins at one point. Oh, the Wonder Twins. Yeah. The one got screwed so bad on his superpower. Because he could only be things made out of water? Yeah. The one was like, form of a 19-foot gorilla. Yeah. And he's like, ah, uh, glass of water. Yeah, and then he would need Gleek to uh, yeah. carry him around <laughs> in a pail or something. Right. Throw me in their face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was pretty bad. That is the worst superpower ever. Yeah, and, b- and before they had, we had the Wonder Twins, they were like a, it was a brother and sister like crime solving duo that were like junior super friends. They called them. It was like um, Marvin and Wendy <laughs> and their dog. I don't know. Oh, something. 
Yeah, I know exactly. Um, Wasn't it like Astro or something like he that? He looked like Astro. Yeah, he looked like yeah. Astro. Well, I, you know, it's probably the it same. It could have been Astro. Yeah, I think it was, the animation got yeah. repeated quite a bit yeah, on those things. It's the same. Yeah, and they all like wore like little capes, like little superhero capes. But, but yeah, for me, Super Friends was big. Scooby-Doo, classic. You can't go wrong with Scooby-Doo. And then obviously Hong Kong Fooey and Underdog. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Those are the big ones for me. Those are the ones I'm shoving down my kid's throat. Like, yeah. You'll like these. Yeah. And he does. He loves Underdog. He loves Hong Kong Fooey. And he loves, the big one for me is Dungeons and Dragons. You have it now? Or you, you can find it probably on I, I have the first se- season. I don't have the second or third, but eventually I'll get around to buying them. Yeah, I would like to watch that again. I haven't watched it since. Ah, we watched, I've probably seen the first season with my kid. I've seen every episode probably 20 times now mm-hmm. since he found out I had them. Because when you see the cover, he's like, what is that? Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. I'm like, I'm not even going to tell you. We're just going to put it right in. Yeah, we're gonna watch this. You know, I wanted to ask you. This is a little bleed over into the RPG world, but relevant because we're talking about this show in particular. So, in that show, they had a number of different characters, and they each were sort of aligned with the you know what classes, I guess. In they were D and D. So, acrobat was a class. Yes, that's what one e. Yes, um, it's complicated, but um, when you're a thief, after I believe it was six level, you could become a thief acrobat. I see, because they had because so they had a thief. Yes, but for the show, they thought it'd be cool to have the acrobat be an actual. Right. Class, and then the um, was it the Donnie most character was uh, he was another one he that was, I thought was uh, uh he uh, was Cavalier Eric the Cavalier yeah. yeah so that was another class and in, in... yes Cavalier is a class that comes out of the unearthed Arcana you know oh, okay now you're getting into the, the geek territory for me which is you know something I really love so that's what everybody's here for yeah I, I'm sure they don't want to hear me discuss first edition D and D well at some point there's gonna be a whole episode on it I'm sure eventually there will be but there's yeah. probably a lot of people out there going man what. What is he talking about? Yeah. Get back to cartoons. Yeah. Well, if, you know, I, when I look at the cartoons, and it pe- depends on the age, because there was a, a time, like you said, there was a time where I would try not to, have, I would try to make sure I had worked the Smurfs in, mm-hmm. or their uh, the Snorks, which were like their underwater yeah, the cousins. Yeah. Um, but then there was an age that I hit where the, the more adventurous and and in a fantasy type world cartoons are the ones that really, you know. Like the ones we mentioned already with um, uh, Herculoids and um, Thundar the Barbarian, uh, D&D. Well, it's funny because that ties right into, for me, Fat Albert. Yeah. Because they were always building stuff in that junkyard. That's true, yeah. So that was like an adventure all on its own for them. So I like that one a lot. Yeah, it's something, and maybe it's a broader thing. It's more what would spark your imagination. You mm-hmm. kind of got like some good endorphins. Yeah, and you're out in the garage them. trying to take the lawnmower apart to... You know, <laughs> to build, the build, horror and shock of your family. Yeah, to try and build what you saw on the, the junkyard show. <laughs> I could see the headlines now. <laughs> Doesn't look good for you. And there were a number of cartoons, um, you know, we're talking about, um, sa- sa- a lot of these are Saturday morning cartoons, but there were a number of cartoons that I would hurry home, like run home from school to make sure I saw Inspector Gadget, because I think they came on promptly at three o'clock. Yeah, Inspector Gadget was cool. G.I. Joe was on in the afternoon. Transformers we had yeah. in the afternoon here. Thundercats, which we mentioned mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ninja Turtles was on in the afternoon in the later 80s, I yeah. believe it yep. was. Yeah, it might, be, it might have been 89 even. Yeah, that one was a later one, but yeah. it's still good. Were there cartoons that you had to watch because of the difference in age between you and your siblings? So you have younger siblings, and they had to watch the Care Bears. So you want to watch the Care Bears? Bears? No, I have two brothers, and whatever I pretty much said, my the middle brother was also into, so the younger brother had no choice. Yeah. So my youngest brother pretty much likes everything we like. So there's he's like, yeah, my generation stinks. <laughs> 
I'm watching this. I, I, I vaguely remember wearing, watching Care Bears because my sister, who's a little bit younger than I am, really wanted to watch the Care Bears, you know. And back then again, children, you only had one television, and maybe it was in color. And three channels. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. What was it? 20 inches was like, you know, your rich friends had that? I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I can't, I mean, I'm trying to think. I don't know how, in your mind, your TV was probably huge because we were kids, you know, but really right. if I saw the TV we had now that could fit on, it looks like the TV that's on our Facebook page. Yeah, know? pretty much. So what was that, 17 inches? I don't know. Uh, somewhere around 19 was probably a standard TV size back then. And that's probably why we were always sitting close to the TV, you know, mm-hmm. to have our mother say, sit back, you're going to ruin yeah. your eyes. Yeah. And yeah, now we're virtual reality glasses yes. right up in our eyeballs. Coke bottle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about my... I think you're looking at me <laughs> talking about my <laughs> prescription lenses. No. Because I looks like I can see the future with them. Um, yeah, any TV you sit... The closer you sit into a TV, the larger it gets. All right, anything else about uh, 80s cartoons? They were so pretty much. good. Yeah. You know, I really... We don't have that anymore. I guess we can say that, and I wish we had that kind of ritual still because there was some kind... There was something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Kids miss out because they don't have that special Saturday morning because it's all 24 hours a day now. Yeah. And they can just watch whatever they want. It does make everything, it does, yeah, you're right. If you have access to whatever you want, whenever you want, it's not special, so special anymore. Yeah, there's no reason to rush home or get out of bed to be a part of the, did you see it? I saw it. Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Now it's, did you watch it yet? No, Mm. I'm going to watch it tonight. Don't tell me. Yeah. Totally different. Mm. Wow. You know, (laughs) you're... And there you go, proving that the 1980s were the, were the be- was the best decade for this in a way that I hadn't even considered. Yep. All right, well, with that, let's, uh, we'll take a short break, and we'll be right back with our guest, Yuri Lowenthal. Aren't you going to uh, Wizard World this weekend? That's right. This weekend, Wizard World will be in Columbus, Ohio, October 18th, 19th, and 20th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. There you'll get a chance to not only shop for different bits of nostalgia from your childhood, but see celebrities that actually appeared in some of your favorites from the 1980s, including the cast from The Princess Bride with, can you name the actor? Carrie. Elways. Very good. Carrie Elways, Wallace Shawn, and Chris Sarandon will be there. And Chris Sarandon also played uh, another character from the 1980s. Fright in Night. Movie. Fright Night. Yes, I love that one. Uh, in addition, there'll be so many other folks there from some newer properties, including uh, uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling from Smallville and David Ramsey from The Arrow. Uh, so please join us. Look for us, in fact. We'll be there uh, wandering about the floor, interviewing some different guests. Uh, say hello. But join us, please. Hurry, get your tickets. It's really, you don't want to miss this. It's something perfect for our audience. Wizard World in Columbus, Ohio, October 18th, 19th, and 20th, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We hope to see you there. And now, on with the show. The 80s, more than meets the eye. The 80s. Odds are, if you've heard anything other than this enlightening podcast, you've heard the voice of today's guest. Among his hundreds of credits, your older children know him as Sasuke in Naruto or Ben Tennyson in Ben 10. While your younger kids are listening to him right now on Young Justice or DuckTales, and you know him as Superman or Robin in one of many animated productions, or you've maneuvered one of his characters in countless video games, including Peter Parker slash Spider-Man in Sony's Spider-Man for the PS4. 
Additionally, with his wife Tara Platt, who is also an accomplished voice actor in her own right, our guest has produced a number of films and web series and has authored the quintessential guide to voice acting, The Voice Over Voice Actor. He's hardworking and talented. Please welcome to the show, Yuri Lowenthal. Hey, Yuri. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I told you it would be. <laughs> yes, of course. Hey, thanks for talking to us today. Um, if you don't know, our show is dedicated to proving objectively that the 1980s was the best decade for everything pop culture-wise. We'll fight your decade! And so we, we, we routinely like to speak with experts that can help us. And I think you're the perfect person to talk to about, I'll say, cartoons in the 1980s because... Um, not only are you an 80s kid, and so I imagine you mm-hmm. uh, grew up on cartoons much like we did, but you work in that industry today. So you've got the pull Correct. of maybe nostalgia wrestling against, you know, uh, getting a paycheck. So let's see where you side. I'm, I think yeah, okay, that, fair enough. Hopefully that will make you, now I realize that may make you make this a very subjective conversation, but in any case, um, that's where we're at. So, it's too um, late. It's too late to fire me. We're recording. You can't, <laughs> you can't hit stop. So you got, you got me no matter what. <laughs> very good. Um, for the, for the first time, um, I guess generally speaking, I, for myself, I don't know Ray and I ever spoke about this, but I wanted to stick to this sort of, um, parameters for us when we talk about what's eighties, that it technically had to take place in the eighties. And one question came up for me, especially talking about cartoons is, did it have to originate in the eighties? Ah, or just be in production or, or airing in the eighties at some point, even if it was a, a rerun from a long time ago. Yeah. Like the six, like this, the Spider-Man from the sixties. Right. Like I always say, you can't let facts get in the way of a good story. So seventies, eighties, nineties, if you say it was in the eighties, it's good for the show. So, well, one of my favorite cartoons from the quote eighties really, you know, started in, in the late sixties, Scooby-Doo. Yep. But, um, you know, we really were watching that in the seventies and we had some, I guess we had some, uh, other incarnations of it in the eighties, but, so, I, I don't know. I, I do struggle with that more when we're talking about cartoons than anything else, too. But, again, knowing that you're an 80s kid, so did you have a cartoon routine growing up in the 80s? I did in, in, in various parts. That I, I will say my—I think one of the most important things for me animation-wise, cartoon-wise in the, the 80s was my introduction to Japanese anime. And the thing was is— I. When I started watching Japanese anime, I, I didn't... I'll just call it anime from now on, since you probably know what I'm talking about. Yep. Um, I didn't know it was from Japan or sure. anime or, you know, any of that. It was just the cool, you know, weird cartoons that were different than all the, you know, the stuff I had been watching and, you know, growing up with, you know, from Hanna-Barbera and, you know, you know Disney and all that stuff. It was, uh, it was Star Blazers right. and it was Battle of the Planets and Speed Racer and... Yes. And... And at the time, I, I didn't. I just, I just thought they were cool cartoons. And then, it, I think it wasn't really until Robotech, uh, which was when I was in high school in the eighties, um, that it really that that sort of the the fact that those cartoons were coming from Japan and were getting dubbed was even, uh, you know, sort of even really entered my my brain space. And and I think right. I think it, I think it was also because I loved Robotech so much. I mean, I I have vivid memories of certain days cutting out of school early, um, and running home so that I wouldn't miss the the opening credits and you know the theme song for Robotech. <laughs> right. And it was that was huge for me. Like I I I I loved that stuff. And you know I I still watched a variety of cartoons, but there was there was just something about 
anime, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned... I don't uh, know if... I don't know, sorry. No, I was just going to say, I don't know if you, if you had a similar experience at, at, at that time or... Uh, or or if I was you know just in a part of the country where they were airing that stuff, I don't yeah. remember them airing any of that when no. I was a kid. Oh wow! No. Well, but once again, I'm from you know the Cleveland, Ohio area, so yeah, we got that on the East Coast. I, I don't remember any of that. Hmm. You know, you mentioned Battle of the Planets, which which was one of my favorites. Yeah, did and I only like I I, I didn't have the certainly I I, I love those cartoons that you mentioned. I don't know that I necessarily had the connection with anime in particular that you're describing, but. Obviously, it wasn't until years later as an adult that I learned that we were seeing a, a westernized version of these cartoons that, you know, the original, was it Gachaman from uh, Japan, yep. had other themes and scenes in it that they edited out. Mm-hmm. And then and then in with Battle of the Planets in particular, they added these other characters in, right. you know, this... Uh, these robot characters yeah. to sort of... Uh, Seven, Seven's Arc 7. And, yeah, right. Yeah. So do you think that a young Yuri would have been able to handle the type of material that they were editing, that that was necessary for a Western audience? Yeah, I would... I mean, possibly not, but I think, you know, because that one of the things that really uh, made me love anime later was that it never um, talked down to its child audience. Sure, and it dealt with a, yeah, it dealt with a lot of really uh, uh, weird and, and adult things that I would like to believe I could have handled. Uh, I, I, I would like to believe that I, I will never know. Yeah. Um, but uh, I had fragile sensibilities from time to time. But uh, it's one of the things that that I think is is why it's you know why it's still so popular here and why people are you know so many people are crazy about it about cartoons from Japan is because they do deal with very uh, adult themes and and they don't you know pussyfoot around that stuff the way we have established very rigid you know morals and 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 codes for here right. um so so yeah i don't i don't i don't know if i could have handled it but i would like to believe that i could cuz i i do as an adult think that that's a very important part of watching those yeah, I wonder where we would be as a society with some of the, th- you know, thinking about, again, Battle of the Planets is the one that I could use as an example, because there's only the one I'm, I'm the most familiar with. Um, thinking about how I know that the, the villain in that character, the villain character, rather, in that show, my understanding is, um, would switch genders in the original version of it, in the Japanese version. Yes, yes. You know, this is uh, maybe an aside, but wondering how that may have changed where we are culturally or, you know... Uh, Thinking about you know issues that we wrestle. This is not going to make it into the show because the way Ray's looking at my right now, it's just <laughs> no, too no. political. No, it's not political. It's it's fine. It's fine. But you know, again, thinking about how we as a society now we're wrestling with these these uh, issues. Uh, yeah. My issue sounds sounds derogatory, but you know, no concerns. Yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how maybe it would have advanced or changed. You know, as we grew up with that. Um, do you do we still? Now I know that you make you know certainly make your living voicing characters now in, in anime. Mm. Uh, among other things, do we still see them changing things for Western audiences, or, or are we seeing more or less what they have uh, in the original production? I would say it's happening much less now. We have a lot more. I think part of that is you know just it's the time has passed, but also there's so many more different avenues to watch this stuff. You know, back then it was uh, you know a network channel, and they had their rules, and by gum. Um, they were, you know, they were going to stand by them, <laughs> yeah. and uh, by gum is is, is, is uh, that that was from the eighties, right? <laughs> or was that the the eighteen the eighteen eighties? <laughs> um, but I, you know, nowadays there are so many different. I mean, 
even if it's sort of a major network, if you could call Cartoon Network a major network, it's that's still a cable um, station, and people can you know choose to watch that or or, or not. Um, and places like Crunchyroll, and you know places that really uh, cater to the to the anime crowd. Right. Um, I think we're doing it less. I would I would say that at least on Naruto, um, we were up until the very end. We would record a lot of alt takes, like alternate takes, to whenever you know Sasuke would say, uh, and, and and I'm gonna kill him. Uh, we would do one version that's that for you know for release on on Blu-ray or if you know it's late enough at night on Cartoon Network, and then we do where where I will end him or I will destroy him. Um, right. So so there's still, and I know at the at the beginning of the the series they were literally editing out cigarettes. They were really like like just removing them from the frame. Wow. And then the character would look really weird putting his fingers to his <laughs> lips like that. But stamping but, out his uh, fingers. Yeah, exactly. Um, but um so 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 less but maybe still some. You know, we've we've still got a we still got issues here in the states about what we feel is appropriate to show kids. We can you know, show show somebody it's okay to show somebody get their head blown off. Oh. Um but uh but you know, never a nipple. Yes. So I don't know. Does uh, man, we've got to just have a political show, right? Because there's so many things I want to say, but I'm not going to say them. You can say whatever you want. <laughs> right. okay. But we love our guns. Okay, there you go. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you right. love okay. your guns? <laughs> yeah, just... that that that'll get that'll win you a lot of points. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, you know, not from me, but from you know, some people. <laughs> <laughs> um, so knowing that you speak speak Japanese, did that does that help at all now? Or, or knowing that you've been doing this for a while, did it ha- help initially? Maybe things are different mm-hmm. when you're uh, dubbing something because uh, I would imagine in some circumstances, I, I don't know the process, but maybe you have folks that are doing the translation that aren't fluent in the language enough to know what a you know something uh, specific to American culture, uh, how we would say something in American culture versus you know what the you know textbook translation right. might be. I would say it is. It is not necessary for my job by any stretch. I, I'm the only person that I know that I work with who does speak Japanese. Um, and to, to sort of uh, give you an, a little insight on the behind the scenes, usually what uh, what will happen is we'll get a uh, uh, a studio will get a script that's just sort of the raw translation from uh, Japanese to English, and then they will have an English writer go in and make that actually sound like how people would talk. And then that's when we get it in the, you know, when we're recording in the booth. So by that point, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's great. But every now and then I will say that my insight into the language when I listen, because what we'll do, what they'll do is they'll play the original Japanese first so we can hear the, mm. you know, the, the emotional tone and, right. and, and sort of the, the, what the original sounded like. And then we try to, you know, by, we'll put our own spin on it, but we will try to stay true to the perform to the original performance, and so I do get to hear the the Japanese, and sometimes I don't understand what they're saying because, you know, it's been a long time since I was in Japan, sure. and uh, my vocabulary is going, and, and 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 there are lots of words that I just never learned, you know, uh, specific things about ninja that just just <laughs> never came up in my classes, <laughs> believe it or not, um, but uh, or you know weird technical sure. things when I'm doing the sci-fi shows, but but every now and then. Uh, there, something won't. I, I, I will feel didn't come through in the translation, and once we've recorded what they wrote, uh, I'll say, "Hey guys, would you mind?" And I'll explain why. Hmm. Um, can, can I get a take for me? And, and you could send it or burn it, or you know <laughs> they'll use it or they won't. Um, but but I think that that this might be truer to the thing, and they may have had their own reasons for 
for deviating from, you know, the original meaning. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that occasionally. So, yeah, I, I think I get a little more insight than, than your average Joe when we're doing it. But I know, you know, mo- most of these people are super talented and turn in great performances sure. and don't speak a lick of Japanese. So it's not, it's certainly not something you need for the job. Sure. Are we still calling cartoons cartoons or is that, uh, I don't know, I know we have a whole network named cartoons, but uh, I don't know that I hear that phrase among my children, you know, talking about uh, what they watch. Um, do we still call that type of uh, media, animation that is, cartoons? Well, if, if you're listening to your kids, they probably call it YouTube. Yeah, well, yeah, you're um, right. Or Twitch. Yep. You know, I mean, do they do they even watch that stuff or do they or do they just watch, you know, video game playthroughs on, on YouTube? Oh, my goodness. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, my, well, my, yeah, my... Well, I think I've raised my children semi-well, but yeah, yeah, certainly there's still that allure. And yes. Okay, yeah, I believe that you would, Will, and, and it was a test, and you passed. <laughs> <laughs> but they, you're right, there's still an allure. I don't, I don't, Ray and I have talked about this on other episodes. We don't know what the allure is uh, of watching someone doing something instead of just actually doing it. Yeah. Uh, but you're right, they're, they're, even among my children who I think, you know, have a fair sort of balanced life and in, in even their pop culture exposure— yeah, they do get drawn into those things. So I don't know. You're right. It's it's. I'm going to watch Netflix or I'll watch YouTube. You're right. It's not necessarily right. Or, or it's the specific program. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to watch Carmen Sandiego or. Well, right. I'm super cool with them watching YouTube when they're watching like Hong Kong Fooey or sure. Underdog or stuff like that. So and that's and that's one of the only places you can find it. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing my job right over here. Yeah, yeah you are. You both pass. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you have a have a son. Yeah, and. Maybe this is the ultimate test of what you think as far as old versus new. What, you know, cartoons, if any, do you expose your, your son to? Are, are you uh, busting out Super Friends on Blu-ray or is he watching the YouTube? I am I am mixing it up. We uh, we watch weird little things on, on YouTube because he, he loves garbage trucks and we'll go to YouTube to watch you know, garbage truck <laughs> right. videos. He's still pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, or if he's heard, you know, some songs at school and then we'll have to find them on YouTube. Um, or, you know, I, I run out of things. I run out, you know, I go to Netflix and Amazon and I run out of things about dinosaurs and then I have to go to YouTube to like find more stuff about dinosaurs. Um, I, I mix it up. Um, I, we watch some classic cartoons and then there's just stuff, you know, when, when I'm opening Netflix, I should, uh, I wish I had like a, a shield for his eyes until I've chosen the thing. Cause as, as soon as Netflix opens and he sees something that looks yes. good, even if I haven't vetted it. Yep. You know, he'll say, Dad, I want to watch that. Yep. Like, okay, well, I'll give it a try. Because there's some terrible, terrible new <laughs> cartoons. But yes. there are some good ones, too. <laughs> and if, if, if ever he chooses Sesame Street, I always say yes. Um, <laughs> Sesame Street's great. Or, yeah. um, you know, any show that I've worked on is also fun. <laughs> Although I've, try, I've tried a couple of those. Um, I've tried a couple of those, and sometimes they're just a little too 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 dark. I mean, he's only three three, yeah. um, but uh, but I I try to mix it up. Um, but there, I will say that you know I can I can you know bag on uh, you know a lot of the new shows as much as I want because uh, I think some of them are just vapid and horrible. But um, there are some there are some good new ones. Um, I, but I know, I know we're not talking about uh, cartoons from today, so well, I won't get into the ones that that he likes, but. But well, um, yeah. I mean, a lot of anime. I have tried to um, expose him to like Studio Ghibli. Uh, you know, I, sure. I, I think one of the earliest ones that I tried to show him was uh, My Neighbor Totoro, Tonari no Totoro, and uh, and I thought it would be fine, but it was still a little scary. That's that's yeah. the thing about having a kid is and exposing him to any anything really. 
I don't know yeah. if you found this, but but please comment if you have. You never know what they're going to find scary. Like, there's something yes. that I think, oh, well, this is totally fine. And then that night he'll be like, I had nightmares about the show we watched. And I'm like, oh, no, was it the, was it the, the big bad wolf? And he's like, it was that purple balloon. And, and, I, and I'm like, oh, wow, really? wow yeah. the, the purple balloon? This actually, I, this reminds me of when I showed my daughter the blob, the original blob. I was like, this thing's mm-hmm. as tame of a horror movie as you can have. She was like seven. Okay, seven. Oh, she was boy. seven years old. And, you know, the old man's in the bed. And yeah. they're like, let yep. me see it. Yeah, that's terrible. And he, and he holds his arm up and the blob's yes. on his arm. We, we, I had yeah. to shut it off. And I thought that was like nothing. Maybe, and she freaked out. Maybe you're thinking of Steve McQueen's blob. That was No, that's what I'm talking about, Steve McQueen. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah the, the very and tame, not the, not the, easy Not the George go- Clooney. Not the George yeah. Clooney blob. Uh, no. The, no. <laughs> Well, you know, yeah, actually, they did a good job on that old blob too. Yeah, you're right, they did. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the blob is a, the blob is a good one. I'd love to see a, I'd love to see a, a, I think it's about time for another remake. I think. I think. It's Ooh. Time. Yes, the last one was what eighty um, nine, I think. Um, yeah. But what yeah. did you but, did you but, like the eighties remake of that? I did. Yeah. See, I'll see I'll see any version of the blob. Well, I actually I do have a question. Yes, I have a question. Um, as a kid, we all did this on Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. You had to eat a cereal when you watched cartoons. Yep, right. What was your cereal of choice? Oh, okay. okay. This is this is a good question, and I will I will start by lamenting the fact that we don't have <laughs> Saturday morning cartoons anymore. Yes, yeah. um, because that was like the greatest part of my youth was waking up and knowing right. that that was going to be my Saturday morning, and I would sit in front of the TV until Soul Train came on and ruined everything <laughs> right. for me. Yeah. You know, it was like eleven or eleven thirty. Like that yeah. was always the death knell of cartoons when Soul Train came on. <laughs> And, yes. and, and, and we still do like on Saturday mornings and Sunday morning because it's the only time that we let him watch stuff is, is on the weekend. Um, but so, so, so I've, I've kind of rekindled that. But anyway, to answer your question, um, <laughs> I had two cereals and I will tell you why. Because at home, my parents would not allow sugar cereals in the house. Mm. So and, and the most they ever budged on that was Honey Nut Cheerios. <laughs> um, so, I would say, so I would say it was probably... Honey Nut Cheerios at home, but I did a lot of sleepovers at, <laughs> at my rich friend David's house, and his 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 parents like they stocked all the good stuff, and and I would eat my weight in sugar when I was at his house, and so it was always Lucky Charms, and I always uh, ate the like a big bowl, and I ate the oat pieces first, and then I just chowed down on pure marshmallowy goodness, and then drank every last drop of that milk. Yes. Nice. Yeah. Do, you, do you see they now sell the marshmallows themselves just in a bag? I heard that. I have not seen it, but I, I heard it yeah. recently, I and mean, it was only a matter of time, let's be honest. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. That's, I, that's a good cereal. William, did you have a favorite? Y- yes. Well, I had a lot of favorites, but, you know... I guess uh, two come to mind: Fruity Pebbles. Yeah, that's mine. Fruity mm-hmm. Pebbles, and mm-hmm. also uh, I like I liked Captain Crunch, but true to its name, it stayed crunchy, and I didn't <laughs> like the texture. So I would let it soak for like an hour, two hours, and then I would eat it, and then I would you know you've got also amazing feel- self control. <laughs> <laughs> I'd also feel victorious, like yes. You're not crunchy. <laughs> it's false it's advertising. It's not destroy the roof of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think we're getting closer to an answer here, you know, and we're also should start wrapping up. Yeah. But the fact, mere fact that we had Saturday morning cartoons that allowed us to um, be able to, um, and we've, we've touched upon this in other media where because there were fewer choices back in the 80s, mm-hmm. 
and maybe even because these fewer choices were all at the same time, you know, every weekend, that there was sort of a, a community that was that developed around it. You know, we had this, even as children were able to have water cooler talk, so to speak, you know, to say, hey, what did you see what happened on Dungeons and Dragons, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, earlier yeah. in the day? 100%. Or yeah, isn't Herculoids isn't Herculoids so weird? Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. Where I think uh, there's so many choices our children can have. Where you know my daughter doesn't necessarily watch the same shows as her best friend, you know, because there's no you know there's just so much variety and sure. You know, and to your point, and not all all of it's good, but um, you know, you had said there are some good ones now, and and there's some bad ones. But what makes a good cartoon? Is it just? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. As I mentioned before, you know, some one of the things that really stuck with me with anime is is that it would it wouldn't treat it wouldn't talk down to its audience, and so like like when shows like Thundar the Barbarian oh, yeah. came out, it was all about you know post apocalyptic Earth, loved and, it, but it was it had all the fantasy trappings and all the you know the cool uh, the animation and just stuff I'd never seen before. I'm like, oh, this is like watching a movie, but mm-hmm. it's a cartoon. Um, I mean, that was that was great, and I remember it to this day yeah. you know it was it was so cool it was you know if, i'm sure if i put it on right now i'd be like oh the animation is terrible but yeah. but i remember it and you're right the, the the ones that stand out most in my mind are the ones that most sparked my imagination there were funny yes. ones and ones i enjoyed you know more lighthearted, but like that one and, and like we said you know D D, the ones that uh the fantasy ones i think they're the ones that sort of stuck with me most including the, the anime ones that you mentioned earlier yeah Maybe maybe it's this, and you know, I, I find this with with a lot of uh, media. Um, certain media tries to hit a little bit of everything for everyone, and then every now and then, a piece of media really digs down and is like, "Okay, only ten percent of you are going to get this, but you're really going to get it." Yeah. Um, and and maybe that's you know that's a lesson to learn. I I know we'll probably never learn it, but <laughs> yeah. but it's okay to do that. It's okay to do something niche you know yes uh, and the, the worst part about that is though is that they're going to cancel that after two seasons right <laughs> that's exactly right anything that's, good like that gets canceled like inside of the second season you're yeah, absolutely right, right Ray. it might not even make it to the end of the second season yeah 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 so you know you know in the, in the old days or in the days of the 80s we had much like today i suppose you had a uh, certain voice actors that you'd hear on a number of different shows, you know, uh, Frank Welker comes to mind, Don, then Don Messick, I guess, sure. you know, um, um, nowadays, you know, you've got a number of familiar voices too. In addition to yours, you know, you've got, uh, Tara Strong, Billy West, uh-huh. John DiMaggio that you hear on a bunch of different shows popping up. Yeah. But we also have, a, a number of new, like we talked about this, so much more content is the ratio of voice actors to show you think relative. I know this is a real sort of guess the same, or do we, um, was it different back then because maybe technology or, or or other reasons that we just had really did have a handful of folks that were doing all the voice acting? It does. It does seem like there were fewer people doing most of the jobs back then, um, and I think in part that is true. I think there were fewer people that did this, and the people that did it, um, and the people that produced it were like, oh, you know, you'll be fine to also play the young kid and the grandpa and the you know <laughs> yeah. the dog and everything. It'll it'll be cheaper for us, and nobody's going to notice. <laughs> And yeah. and nowadays, people have a higher standard for that stuff, and they're casting real kids to you know real fourteen year olds to play fourteen, and much to my chagrin because mm. that was sort of my bread and butter for a while. But <laughs> aged out. Yeah. Um, um, and 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 I think there are more shows. Like you can't 
you can't just have those same five people, especially if you're producing in Vancouver and you're recording stuff in Atlanta and you're recording stuff in New York and you're recording stuff in Los Angeles. And technology has made it so that those people can generally record from wherever. But there's, yeah, there's a lot of new stuff. And you've got a lot of, uh, and this has become a, a trend over the last, you know, decade or so, um, creators of animated shows, the, the artists themselves doing voices for, for characters. And they, you know, at first they sounded weird, uh, but then people liked that they sounded weird and, and unprofessional and very raw um, and not what you were expecting. And, and you see that more and more. So, so they're, they're just a lot more different people doing and I think that's, I think that's the reality, whether you've got more shows or not. Yeah. Is there one voice from a cartoon... Hit me. ...that you heard that inspired you the most and to find out who did it or whatever and, and just become a voice actor? Wow. No, I loved... I loved cartoons, um, and I loved old radio shows, but I never, at that age, or even, even heading into college, even at that point, I never really thought that that was going to be my path or something that I could do. So I think I was always just appreciative of those people without ever um, being inspired by them in that way. And it's, it's kind of amazing because I have had the, uh, the luck to work with some of those people who, who did, wow. you know, who, who either did the anime dubs at the time or, um, you know, were, 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 were voicing those cartoons back then. A lot of them are still in the business and it's because they're, <laughs> they're good and they're super nice people. That's um, awesome. And, and that's been, it's, it's been exciting, but uh, yeah, people sometimes will say, well, if you finally get to work with some people, you know, who was your idol? And I'm like, well, I didn't, I didn't think I was ever going to become an actor at that age, so, so I didn't really have an idol. Okay, hey, I won't keep you, keep you longer here. Uh, I certainly appreciate your time. I don't know where we came down on this. Um, I'm pretty sure he agreed with uh, me on this, <laughs> that the 80s are the golden age of cartoons. Oh, I didn't hear because, those words. Well, he's, I can hear it in his voice <laughs> I see. when he dreams back to his childhood. But that's nostalgia talking. I'm I need scientific proof here. Well, um, we'd have to ask him then. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you already have one. Feel one way or the other. Have you and us collectively convinced you that objectively the 1980s were the best decade for cartoons? I will tell you what. Um, I will say this. Yeah. That if they weren't the best decade in cartoons, then why are you seeing so many remakes? in our day and age, in 2019, and, you know, the, the, the 2000s, of shows from the 80s. I rest my case. Thank, thank you. Yeah, thank, they call that a touche. Yeah. Well, Yuri, <laughs> thank you again. Uh, thank you for making our case, but certainly thank you for time and helping us prove, that, once again, that the 80s were the best decade for pop culture. It was my great pleasure. So how do you think we did? I'm pretty sure Yuri helped us. Yeah. You know, do what we set out to do, as always, yes. which was prove the 80s are amazing and awesome. We're going to be wrong one day. We're never going to be wrong. <laughs> I've told you. But it's possible. It is possible, but highly unlikely. I, I agree I'm more there. likely to back off on calling The Clash not a punk band than us oh, being wrong. Now, there you go. There comes the hate mail again. Mm-hmm. So, we have proven yes. beyond oh, a shadow of a doubt. That the cartoons, especially the Saturday morning cartoons of the 1980s, were the best of any decade. Weren't they? Yep. And now I'm going to go have some cereal. I may have to go buy some uh, Fruity Pebbles, though. Well, make sure mom gets milk. Yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll talk to you next time on The Idiots. See ya. See ya.